I'd like to take a moment to let you all know about a new nonprofit organization started by my brother Craig. It's called Treats and Truth. They fill oversized brown lunch bags with snack items, chips, crackers, popcorn, cookies, etc. Also, a bottle of water, toothbrush, toothpaste, sanitary wipes, and most importantly, a small gospel tract book of John. No cigar? I'll have to talk to him about that. The bags are then hand-delivered to the homeless and people in need in and around the Los Angeles area. Let's help get this ministry off the ground. They're a 501c3 tax-exempt organization, so any and all donations are tax-deductible and greatly appreciated. Visit their website at treatsandtruth.org. Check out the show notes for the link. Also, please follow them on Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. Episode 76 of the Burning Bush Podcast, where we share the message of the Bible while enjoying a good cigar. Hope you're doing well and glad you've joined me today. This week, we continue reading through Dr. Justin Bass's book, The Bedrock of Christianity, The Unalterable Facts of Jesus' Death and Resurrection, and I'm smoking the Illusione Cigars Prive Corojo in the Robusto size 5 by 52 And as sometimes happens, the Illusion website has very little info about their cigars. So let's go ahead on over to Cigars International and see what they have to say. Illusione Cigars Prive Corojo used to be a limited edition cigar, When they sold out, they were gone. The brand's owner, Dion Giolito, heard the cries of forlorn enthusiasts from near and far and is now offering it as a regular production premium, and we couldn't possibly be happier. For those unfamiliar with this boutique beauty, it's a medium to full-bodied blend of Nicaraguan Criollo 98 and Corojo 99 Viso and Lejero long fillers, all bound together by a Rosado Corojo wrapper. This combination leads to big flavor. We're talking notes of cocoa, leather, a touch of cedar, and a bit of spice. Regular production means regular enjoyment, so do yourself a favor, a flavor favor, and try this delicious handmade as soon as possible. And the strength is uh, between medium and full, the profile. Uh, Wrapper is Corojo, like I said, uh, and it's uh, Honduran origin. Binders and fillers are Nicaraguan as well. And the Vitolas are 660 Gordo, which is a 6x60. Robusto, 5x52. And the Toro Box Pressed, 5.5x56. And that is the Illusione Cigars Prive Carojo. 
So let's get back into chapter six of Dr. Justin Bass's book, The Bedrock of Christianity. And the title of this week's section is Resurrections and the Miraculous. Jesus' resurrection appearances and the number of people who claimed to witness them is unparalleled in history. Dunn concurs, Appearances of Jesus, which impacted on the witnesses as resurrection appearances, do not conform to any known or current paradigm. Instead, they created their own. Where do we find anything like this list of resurrection appearances in the ancient world or even up to the present day? The only similar examples from the ancient world one could possibly point to are Romulus, Aristius, Alcestis, the prophet Samuel, and Apollonius of Tiana. But even though these figures are said to appear after their death in some way, not one of them is said to have been raised from the dead. Moreover, when historians consider the sources for these figures, it becomes immediately clear that most of these are legendary accounts. Romulus, for example, the legendary founder of Rome, is said to have lived in the 8th century BC. Our primary accounts for Romulus' life are from Plutarch, Ovid, Metamorphoses 14.800-851, and Livy, writing in the 1st century AD. That is more than a 700-year separation between the written accounts and the events being described. In his 54th year of life, Romulus is said to have disappeared and was caught up to heaven. Plutarch, Romulus, 27 and 29. In the same source, others say he was murdered by the senators in the temple of Vulcan. Livy claims that he descended from the sky and appeared to at least one individual. History of Rome, 1.16. Because this was recorded seven centuries after it happened, historians today consider the story of Romulus's afterlife excursions to be legend, not history. The same can be said about Aristius and Alcestis. We learn about Aristius over 300 years after he supposedly lived from the Greek historian Herodotus, who introduces his account by saying, I will now relate a tale which I heard. Histories 4.13 Since hearsay is never a good place to start for historical investigation, we can only conclude that both Aristius' existence and the story of his resurrection are legendary. Alcestis's story is also clearly legendary, and was never meant to be considered historical. According to the Greek playwright Euripides, Hercules rescued Alcestis from Hades and brought her back to her husband alive again. Again, this is not resurrection, and it is not history. In the Hebrew scriptures, the only time a figure appears to a person after death is the prophet Samuel to Samuel to King Saul, 
1 Samuel 28. Yet this is also not presented as Samuel being raised from the dead. He is a divine being, verse 13, who ascends out of the realm of the dead, called Sheol elsewhere in the Old Testament, to pronounce judgment on Saul, and then returns to the underworld. The only real possible parallel figure to Jesus' resurrection appearances in the ancient world would be Apollonius of Tiana. Apollonius was a Pythagorean philosopher who is indeed a historical figure who died sometime during the reign of the Roman Emperor Nerva, AD 96-98. In the introduction to his translation of the earliest account of Apollonius's life, Christopher Jones writes, There is no reason to doubt that the historical Apollonius was an itinerant Pythagorean philosopher, traveling mainly in the eastern part of the Roman Empire. However, we know next to nothing about him, and Jones adds, the historical Apollonius is very difficult to recover. Consider the sources. Our earliest accounts of Apollonius's life was written by a man named Flavius Philostratus, sometime between AD 220 and 230. That is over a 120-year gap between when Apollonius died and when the first account about him was written. Remember, the Gospels date to within 35 to 60 years of Jesus' death, Paul's early letters within 20 to 30 years, and our creedal tradition, 1 Corinthians 15, 3-7, within a decade. Philostratus does does claim to be using a source from an eyewitness named Damis, though many believe that Damis is an invention of Philostratus. In fact, many scholars are convinced that the entire account of Apollonius's life, written as it was around 150 years after the latest canonical gospel, John, is more likely a polemic against the Christians, with Apollonius parodying miracles of Jesus from the Gospels. Moreover, Apollonius does not rise from the dead, and he does not appear to individuals and groups. At the end of Philostratus' account, Apollonius dies and then appears as a spirit, daimonioi, in the dream of one of his disciples, Apollonius of Tiana, 8.31.3. This is hardly a parallel to Jesus' resurrection appearances. A last example from the ancient world that has been compared to Jesus concerns a miracle performed by Emperor Vespasian, A.D. 68-79. According to three sources, Tacitus, Annals 4.81, and Suetonius, Vespasian 7, written roughly 40 years after the event, and Cassius Dio, Roman History 65.8, written over a hundred years afterward, Vespasian healed two beggars, one lame and the other blind. Can this really be compared to the multiply attested early eyewitness accounts of Jesus' resurrection appearances? Incredibly, 
Philosopher and skeptic David Hume calls this one of the best attested miracles in all profane history. Did Hume ever investigate the historical evidence for the resurrection of Jesus? The emperor Vespasian, according to Suetonius, said a joke as he was dying. Dear me, I must be turning into a god. Vespasian 23. History, I think, has vindicated this and his miracles as nothing more than a joke. We should be open to miraculous accounts from the ancient world and to this present day. Like Hamlet said to Horatio, our philosophies should be large enough to include the unexpected, strange, and extraordinary. But the most important question that must be asked of any miraculous claim is, what is the evidence? Anyone who impartially investigated the evidence for each of these miraculous claims from the ancient world must admit the evidence for Jesus' resurrection is in a class of its own. In contrast to the historically flimsy accounts of the miraculous I have recounted above, we have a bedrock source that asserts that multiple eyewitnesses, individuals and groups, even an enemy, saw the risen Jesus. And this source, the creedal tradition of 1 Corinthians 15, 3-7, dates to no later than a decade after Jesus' crucifixion, and probably earlier. And that's the end of this week's reading of Dr. Justin Bass's book, The Bedrock of Christianity. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to Dr. Bass's website, as well as this week's cigar. Also in the show notes are links to Treats and Truth Ministry, where you can get involved in helping to spread the gospel and be a blessing to the homeless. Groundworks Ministries for daily Bible studies and devotionals and the Burning Bush Merchandise Store where you can pick up some items to help spread the word about the show. And I'd appreciate it if you would tell your friends. So until next week, have a great day, have a great cigar, and God bless.